0: and gentlemen welcome to the easter episode of shock treatment with mel and maddie um everybody is quarantined up and the easter eggs that they find they can't even eat how horrifying is that it doesn't get much scarier than that what do you think mel
1: well uh, i wouldn't eat them anyways because god knows how long they've been sitting around getting before they got colored so
0: that's true you ever, when you when you were younger, did you ever have the situation where you didn't find all the Easter eggs and then you found it like a, a week or two later because of the smell?
1: Actually,
0: surprisingly, no. Really?
1: But we also never really had uh, a lot of Easter egg hunts. That wasn't like one of the things that we were big on celebrating for holidays.
0: Yeah, as we got older, it just turned into um, the Easter eggs were just kind of laid out where you could easily find them and then like the eggs you'd look for would be like the plastic eggs you know what I mean just to, to keep the fun and games we like the festive spirit yeah it was usually pretty much
1: like the the big eggs like, had like money hidden in them so those were the yeah. ones that everybody was looking for
0: what's some of your favorite uh, Easter candy as, uh, as a child and even as an adult can't
1: ever go wrong with Reese's Peanut Butter Cup hell yeah um, I'm not really, like, a big candy person, mm-hmm. but, like, put some Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Peanut m
0: Yes. Butterfinger? And
1: Butterfingers, hell yeah, definitely those. Snickers? The Kit Kat, Twix, we're good.
0: Hell yeah, Twix are good times. You like those, yep. the big old chocolate Easter bunnies that you could throw in the freezer and eat for, like, fucking the next six months? Um, I've never actually gotten one of those Because I'm not like a big
1: chocolate lover But I yeah. love like When I actually get When somebody gets me like a white chocolate rabbit Or a cookies and cream one Because Ooh. I like I tend to like white chocolate more
0: Yeah Yeah the cookies and cream Has, has defeated chocolate and white chocolate uh, Since the creation of You know the cookies and cream deal you ever Oh get, yeah
1: that's my absolute favorite
0: Do you ever get into the peeps?
1: Um, I used to like them when I was a kid Now I think they're just revolting And I pretty much just like to blow them up in the microwave And you know You know, you stick the toothpicks in them and blow them up in the microwave So they look like they're sword fighting
0: Make, make toxic Avenger peeps in the microwave
1: Yeah something like that You know just yeah. make sure they don't explode or catch fire
0: You got world famous Cadbury eggs you, you used to get into those back in the day I try to eat at least one of those uh, each uh, Easter holiday
1: man i swear to god those things get smaller every year like yeah. when we were kids they seemed like they were so much bigger than they are now
0: yeah it's funny i remember they had their their commercial was like they used the same commercial for like 40 years
1: oh my god the one with the lion yeah. with the try at bunny tryout
0: yep exactly. i love that
1: commercial though it that, is it's like the best one
0: that is a classic commercial so, it's like
1: with the at Christmas time, you know, the Hershey kisses with the the ringing bells.
0: Not to get into a sad place, but if it wasn't for this COVID nineteen floating around, what would you be doing for Easter? Working. Uh-huh, well, then it, then it's better having the the outbreak going on then, so you could uh, get some downtime for Easter, enjoy it a little bit. Oh.
1: I mean, I don't really, like I said, I don't really celebrate Easter, so yeah. it's not what I would really be upset about. But it's, you know, the fact that it's going on a month now, look, you know, I haven't seen my nephew. You know, that's... this is gonna be the first holiday I'm not gonna be able to see him. Yeah, it's hard. So that's kinda, that's kinda crushing me,
0: but. You guys doing any FaceTime or anything like that? Some Zoom? Yeah, I've
1: been, I've been trying to FaceTime at least, like, every other day mm-hmm. because, you know, it's hard because he keeps crying, telling me how much he misses oh. me and that he wants to come stay with me and whatnot. So, yeah, I don't want him to get, you know, depressed mm-hmm. at, at four years old because, you know, he can't see T.T.
0: Yeah. We'll just give him a nice phone call or something on Christmas Christmas Day, and uh, Easter? Oh yeah, well Christmas Day too, just in case we, we're still dealing with the COVID situation. But yeah, Easter, we'll go with the Easter. God, um, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, that'd be something else. That'd be, I, I hope not, but you never, you can, you can never, you know, I don't, don't want to jinx the world and say no, but um, yeah, God knows. Jeepers, creepers. Well, I mean, there's
1: a trend of uh, viral outbreaks, so I'm not really surprised that this happened this year they after you know
0: looking yeah. through history a lot of people have been saying that after you know it's going to die out in the next couple of weeks and then the summer is going to be clean of it but then as it gets colder again we might have to deal with something else like that
1: yeah like the second wave of it
0: darkness darkness falls tooth fairy style
1: seriously
0: but, you know what i mean so um we we both made some lists um of, I wouldn't say the top 10 best Easter movies, but, um, you know, definitely some movies to, to check out, you know what I mean? Um, especially with everybody down and out on quarantine. So we wanted to put together a, a list of, um, entertaining, fun films that. Horror themed Easter, yep, or horror sort theme. of horror themed
1: Easter movies to get you through the weekend.
0: Yeah, they have some type of horrific Easter tie-in to some degree, Um, and we didn't want to let the the holiday pass without dropping some shock treatment gifts in your Easter basket for all our patients out there, we'll call them, for, for the shock treatment, our shock treatment patients. Woo! So, without further ado, I'll pop up in. And i uh, we'll start the list we, Me and Melissa have a lot of, uh, the same movies on the list So we're gonna kind of just jive with it and go with the flow But, um, the first film I had on my list was, uh, Atrocious, 2010 Uh, a film from Spain Written and directed by Fernando Barretta Luna Starring Christian Valencia Clara Miralda And Chus Pereiro Um, A brief little thing where you get a brother and sister return home for Easter break. And while home uh, with their younger brother, uh, they start to investigate a local urban legend of a girl named Melinda who was lost in a labyrinth by their house. Now, urban legend goes that she she helps other lost people find their way out. But as they get deeper into the story and the investigation, they soon realize... That she's not all that helpful and kind, you know what I mean. Um, I thought it was. A, I thought it was a very creepy film. It was a found footage film. You know, 2010 was a you know big big time for found footage. Um, but uh, it was a it was a low budget. It was I think four thousand four hundred and seventy two dollars to make it. It was like a boombastic films budget. So I got to give them praise on that. And there was some intense moments, and in there some really creepy stuff. They knew how to keep, you know, the vibe uh, and that whole eerie, creepy, you know, feel throughout the whole yeah. film, which is not a not not a easy task for you know a, a very low budget filmmaking. You know, it was good. They did a, they did a good job. Fernando and his team did a good job of producing. You know, that film for such a low budget. Did you see Atrocious?
1: No, I actually
0: haven't seen that
1: one. That's um, actually one of the ones that we do have that are different
0: on our list. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, it was, um, I don't don't know if it's up to get anywhere. Uh, I know there there was another film I know that you can get on Amazon Prime right now when we get to that. Uh, I'll bring that up. I'm sure, you know, to look into it. Uh, some of these films could even be probably found on YouTube. Uh, you know, I, I
1: think some of them I if if I recall and collect correctly, um, I think some of them are on like Tubi and yeah. Crackle as well. Yeah, for streaming sites. Yeah, so, so you
0: know they're free. Yeah, there's so many streaming sites out there nowadays, so that uh, pretty much anything could be found. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, the next film I have on my list we're going, I don't know if I said this we're going in alphabetical order, I don't know if we said this so it's not really listed in level of greatness or anything it's kind of listed uh, alphabetically to keep things fair for everybody Um, but the next film is a movie called The Being from 1983, the year of my birth Um, written and directed by Jackie Kong the film stars Martin Landau like North by Northwest and Ed Wood fame Marianne Gordon and Bill Osco um, The plot to it is uh, A toxic, toxic waste dumped in a small Idaho town Turns a young boy into a horrible mutant monster Who goes on a killing spree of all the locals While the police chief and a team of scientists try to stop him um, This is one of those so bad it's good type movies uh, Had a lot of fun moments uh, good gore and effects. I was really surprised at how good the the the, the effects and, and, the, and the gore and, and, and the film looked because usually with a low budget, some of the more lower budget films, um, even now they're very gritty. Yeah, even nowadays, like they'll skimp on the gore. Like they, it's like they know that fans want the gore, but like they skimp on it. And this film definitely you know, made good with the gore and stuff, which I think helped it. If it didn't have the gore and good effects, I think it would have been not so entertaining. Uh, You could tell that they really actually tried to make an entertaining film. And it it feels like it takes influence from uh, John Carpenter's The Thing and The Deadly Spawn. And this film was originally titled Easter Sunday, but they, uh, they changed up they changed up the name for, I think, a wider audience, probably, so there wouldn't be uh, pigeonholed to the old uh, Easter horror films. Even though there is very not that many. Um, yeah, because I
1: have I have one too that is uh, actually has the name Easter Sunday, yes. but
0: it's from um, newer, right?
1: 2014.
0: Like, yeah. yeah, I got that on here too. That's that was fun. Um. I, the next movie on my list Is a movie called Bless the Child from 2000 Do you remember that movie? Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, that's End of, uh, no, no, that's end Kim, of Days Kim Basinger? Kim, Kim Basinger, yeah it's, uh, It was directed by Chuck Russell Who did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 In the the 1988 remake of The Blob So it has a little bit of horror Some horror uh, I uh, You know, royalty I guess we'll say on top of that um written by Thomas Rickman, Clifford Green, Ellen Green, based off of a book by Kathy Cash Spellman. Like like you said, starring Kim Basinger, Jimmy Smith Jimmy Smith, Yeah, like to, from uh Tommy Knockers. Holliston Coleman played the little the little girl in it. Rufus Sewell, who's someone you don't really see that much anymore, unfortunately. You got Angela Bettis of uh, you know, May... Um, and uh, the Toolbox Murder uh, remake. And you have the the wonderful Christina Ricci in there as well. This is another one of those good and evil, you know, devil and demon occult movies from that era that, you know, like End of Days or The Devil's Advocate. Uh, basically, you know, Kim Mason, just like this non-believer that's uh, thrust into this, you know, world full of cults and demonic people. Uh, and, you know, since so she's got a niece, she's trying to protect her niece who has these, like, special powers that, that the cult people want to get her and kind of has a little uh, Dr. Sleep feel to it, I think, with the um, this cult going after the power of a kid. Um, but, yeah, she's trying to save her niece from that. Uh, I just happen to be a sucker for films like these because of the, 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 like, I always think that those demon and devil movies are a little scarier than the other ones. Um, and this one was no exception it's stock full of you know creepy imagery of demons and stuff it's got t- some really terrible CGI in it which can be fun um, I actually had to poster of this film back in the day I got it out from a VHS store uh, and hung in my room for a little bit and the, the Christina Ricci's death scene in it I remember vividly after 20 years not that it was like a good crazy death scene but it was like a really good the jump scare was. You didn't really see the jump scare coming for the, for a, a part of her death scene, I should say. Yeah, you um, can't really go too wrong with Christina Ricci, you know.
1: Oh, she's I, I I've never seen a movie yet with her in it that I don't enjoy. Yeah. She is really good at picking out movies that are different and you know brought in her acting so.
0: Yeah, she's a child actress that people don't really talk about that much. That actually had like a respectable uh, career, you know what I mean. That didn't really ha- have any low. Powers. She didn't have a train wreck moment. She didn't really you have know, a train wreck. Yeah. She didn't. Re- there was never really her. There was never, you know, like even Drew Barrymore, who who it might be maybe the the most famous successful child actor. Like she even had her bout with drugs and alcoholism and stuff like that, where kind of. Sidelined her career for a little bit, but even with Christina Ricci, like I don't even I don't recall. Um, I think the biggest sideline was her marrying the the Hebrew Hammer himself over there. I forget his name. Um, but next up, the film, the next film I have, which is, you know, one of the the ultimate Easter horror movies. I fail a film that I I always try to watch every Easter. Um, A film that some people will say is almost uh, better than the original. When people say, you know, name a sequel that's kind of better than the original, I always kind of think this one's up for debate. Uh, But it is Critters 2. Critters 2? Yep, the main course. (laughs) From 1988. Directed by Mick Garris, of course, you know, from Sleepwalkers, The Stand, Hocus Pocus. He created Masters of Horror... Um the post postmortem with Mick Garris podcast, which is fun. Uh he also did a show called Fear Itself that I think lasted a season or so on like ABC. But that was fun. Uh it would have been better if it was on an HBO like Masters of Horror because it could have been like, you know, R rated type deal. Uh written by David Toy. Um, you know, the the little pricket little prickly balls of doom return. Uh, and the follow-up to the original Critters film, this time adding, I think, more comedy to it. It's a fun. Yeah, you know, there's also a nice fun stand-up cardboard Freddy Krueger promo in there that I always love seeing as a kid. Um, speaking of a kid loving, I, you know, great. This is a great like starter horror movie franchise for kids. I feel to really, if you, if you've got kids or whatever and you want to show them some horror movies, I always feel like Critters is one of those. It's like a Gremlins movie where, it, you know, it's 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 a good tie of, you know, family-friendly horror, if you will, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's
1: family-friendly, and uh, the horror is the rhubarb chocolate rabbit.
0: You better believe it. <laughs> you better believe that. Don't, don't rub another man's rhubarb. Um, to go back to Kim Basinger from Bless the Child. Bless the Child. The ferocious furballs return to Grover's Bend to wreck some serious havoc around Easter time. And you get the famous, uh, them turning, grow, growing into that big ball where they run over the car. That's famous. You got the dude getting. That's, like, I
1: think my all-time favorite scene.
0: Yeah, you got the guy getting into, the, I think, the Easter Bunny outfit. And the, it gets in there with them and, like, tears him to shreds.
1: Oh, decorating the uh, the eggs.
0: Yeah. And not
1: realizing that they're the, the critter's egg.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stars uh, Scott Grimes, Terrence. Uh, Terrence Mann and uh, Don Keith Opera, you know, you got Big Ugg in there. Um, one of the most lovable dummies of all time, right up there with the uh, the dude, the the the, the dude from uh, Leprechaun, who's slightly, I think, they're going for like a mentally handicapped thing. The painter kid who gets his ear, I think, bit off. Um, I think Ugg's yeah. a lot like that, yeah. And this, and then this also brought in the dude with the with the morphing. Um, another scene from this I'll never forget is the scene where, uh, that, the, the, like the, the Morphe guy is standing in front of a VHS store and he starts morphing into something and he looks, the guy goes to see what he's going to morph into. So, and it's Freddy Krueger in the window, uh, which was a, it's a new line film, you know, so they can do stuff like that. It was a nice throwback to, you know, the house that, that Freddy built, um, you know, their, their creator over there is. The Nightmare on Elm Street franchise Kind of kickstarted, Not like started But kind of really made them famous in, in Around that time For uh, like owning that, that property And then the guy, remember the guy Throws the playboy up And then he eventually turns into Like a hot chick But uh, yeah Critters 2 is one of those Always watch films Around the old Easter time um, Or
1: any
0: time Because it's worth watching Absolutely but definitely around Easter, it gets you gets gets me in the Easter spirit at least. Right in
1: the field,
0: you know. Um, next up on my list, I had a film called Dead Snow, not to be confused with Living Snow, but we have Dead Snow from uh, 2009, um, a film from Norway directed by Tommy Workola. Uh, it was written by Workola and Stig Henriksen. Starring Jeppe Beck, Lawrence, and um, Charlotte Frogner, and Jerry Squalen. Um, you know, it's a group of friends they trek into the wilderness on Easter break for some relaxation and good times. When they meet up with an older local, that tells them the old story uh, during World War II, Nazi Nazi invaders were driven up into the the mountains by the villagers, the cold, dark mountains. Uh, and they perished due to the circumstances, but now they've returned as zombie Nazis. That's right, zombie Nazis. Um, it's a fun horror romp. I feel it's a lot. It's a lot better than what you're led to believe by just the description. You know what I mean? You hear, yeah. you, you hear zombie. Nazis, you kind of go, this is going to be very exploitive and and, and, and cheesy. And, you know, you almost get the feel right away that it's going to be like some low budget thing. But it's actually, you know, I think they had a decent budget for it. And it was, um, it was good. It was actually put together pretty well. I want to say it even premiered at, like, Sundance or one of those big film festivals, which is kind of a, a big feat for, um, You know, horror movies, horror comedies in general. Um, You know, it felt like the bastard child of films like Shaun of the Dead and Shockwaves. Um, But it it was fun. Fun and had a lot of style. You know what I mean? Yep. I think Shaun of the Dead actually opened up at Sundance, too. I think. But Shaun of the Dead was a weird case where that was just such a great movie. Like, And it reinvented kind of... The zombie con, like I think, created like zombie comedy, and like zombie movies were kind of dead for a little bit. It felt like, um, no pun intended. Um, and then when Shaun of the Dead came out, it made like you just watch that movie and it makes you want to make a zombie movie. You know, and they had the blessing from and, jo- George James, and, and it kind
1: of had a kind of had a, a decent sized budget to with, what yeah. they did with it too.
0: Yeah, I think that was Edgar Wright's first film, I could be wrong, um, I know it was his first mainstream film that blew up they did a TV show before that um but I think that might have been his first feature but there might have been something more low budget, more lower of a budget feature in his past, but I do know they did a TV show beforehand with like Simon Pegg and um Nick Frost and Edgar Wright all together did something together um Next up on my list was a film called Easter Casket from 2013, made in the USA, the good old USA. Ho! Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan style. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was written and directed by Dustin Mills, uh, starring Jason Crow, Josh Eel, and Aaron R. Ryan. Uh, after the Easter Bunny, played by a wisecracking maniacal puppet. Bunny uh, finds out that the Catholic Church is going to be uh, doing doing away with the all Easter festivities not pertaining directly to the resurrection of Christ. He goes on a crazy killing spree uh, of all the clergy uh, and school schoolgirls, um, while a cardinal tries to stop him before it's too late. Um, this is a. About-
1: that he's a warrior priest. Yeah. Like, he's not. He's not like your average everyday. You
0: know. He had. Yeah, he had some vibes of um, of the priest from Dead Alive, Peter Jackson's movie, which I even think that there's like a brain dead T-shirt in the film, but I could be wrong. But um, to pay homage. But uh, yeah, the the, the priest. Uh, or the, I don't I forget what he was <laughs> in Dead Alive, but I just remember him. I kick ass for the Lord. Um, very famous line But yeah, I thought that this movie This Easter Casket movie Was very creative um, It was fun It was a low budget horror movie Which, you know, they made the best of what they had You know, whether it being resources Or, you know, like the low budget That they had to work with But it was real Yeah, real
1: low budget Because yeah. they only had like $3,000 for the budget for the movie so.
0: yeah, boom bombastic film style, baby
1: <laughs> yep and I the tagline is what had me like interested in it. it because it was like it's gonna be a bad hair day
0: oh I like it it yeah. was wild it was Andy. I liked how it was a puppet it was like an it was like it was like a drugged out crazed puppet and you don't see that there's certain you know um when people take make choices that could really make a break your film and they pay off I gotta give credit for that like you know having kind of the villain of a movie being a puppet could very easily tank a whole film for 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 like somebody watching it could be like oh, if they don't put their faith in it, it or enjoy or appreciate it but i thought that the way they did it was really well where it was like you you could you could uh you can get into it you know what i mean but that was a lot of fun that, that was a fun film um Next up after that, I think it's a movie that you had on your list the Easter Sunday 2014 USA film. You got that one on your list? I do. Hey! Written and directed by Jeremy Todd Moorhead. Um, Starred Robert Zadar of Maniac Cop fame and Ari Lehman, you know, of uh, the first J- band, First I Jason. Yep. Band, First Jason, as well as First Jason and Friday the 13th. Uh, Jeremy uh, Todd Moore had an in the film as well. Um, the plot was uh, after 24 years uh, serial killer Douglas Fisher I like the last name who, uh, was executed on Easter night and he returns to wreak havoc on uh, party, partying teenagers which is very common in every horror movie ever made. Um, but yeah, Donning an Easter bunny mask. Donning an Easter bunny mask with glowing eyes. You know that's big budget stuff right there. Um, this was very fun. I liked it. It, it, it was. It, it was. It was. Uh, it was done with. It was. You know they might not have had a lot of money, but like they made it. They put it to their use. It has a good look. Um, very grind y which was cool. I still. I still love seeing that grind exploitationy um, feel. You know that that grindhouse uh, look and feel to it. Um, But it had some some horror folks in it, which was nice, like Zadar, rest in peace, and Lehman. which is always good. And, you know, it was zany and gory, very fun zany and gory effects, you know what I mean, which was nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, it's written along the lines of, like, Maniac Cop and Shaun of the Dead, so if anyone's, like, a fan of either one of those films, or both of them, it's, you know, something that... People
0: might want to check out if it's something they haven't already seen, it, it, like an Astron 6, almost like a more highbrow um, trauma, like a higher rank trauma. Uh, trauma has been known to put out some really, really uh, god awful films, and they've been known. You know, uh, my thing with trauma is I always say everything that Lloyd directs is always fun and entertaining, and then there's they then the rest of their catalog is independent films low budget like films that are done well and then there's a lot of independent you know low budget films that are done not well you know what i mean and this was one of the ones i thought was done well you know almost like like a father's day which is a more modern um kind of trauma classic i feel where it's actually like a really good low budget it's wild and, and it got some crazy things to it, but it's actually really good, you know, low budget, probably classified as no budget realistically. Um, horror, grind exploitation, you know, holiday film. Um, next up on my list was a film that had some money to it, so I can't really call it It low-budget, maybe low-budget by Hollywood standards, but for the most part, I'm sure they had a couple of those millies to do it, and it was an anthology film called Holidays from 2016, made in the good old U.S. of A. Um, I won't go too deep into the anthology film itself. You know, it had. There was some other segments in there that were really good. I remember. I think it was Father's Day. Was was probably my favorite segment of it. Uh, I know Kevin Smith did a segment, which was cool. Um, but I want to say, real uh, briefly, talk about Father's Day. Father's Day was really cool. Um, very creepy. If, if I if I'm remembering correctly, it was about a girl that gets a tape. Uh, her father like abandoned her when she was younger, and. She gets this tape of a guy talking, like, and telling her that, you know, go back to where the last time I seen you. Um, and she like wants to, to see her father again, so she goes back. And the way it's set up is just it's 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 masterfully done. I feel um, the only thing that really killed that is at the end. There's a reveal of like a mo- like a monster type thing, and the monster didn't quite live up to par with the rest of it. They should have not shown anything, and I think it would have been a way better short. Um, but, yeah, to leave it
1: to, like, the imagination. Yeah,
0: I think it would have been better that way, but my second favorite segment on that um, anthology film was the Easter segment, which I thought was really cool, and that, that was um, written and directed by Nicholas McCarthy. It was starring Ava uh, Akers, Petra Wright, Mark Steger, Um, it's another film, you know, that, that dives into the holidays, uh, and the Easter segment, he dove right in balls deep and, uh, it's a really dark mashup for both of the big rituals that people celebrate of the holiday, which is the Easter bunny and Jesus. Um, and it created a very, very creepy and unnerving, just unsettling segment that, uh, You know, it's definitely, definitely check. It's one of the, you know, some of the segments weren't that fantastic, and some were really good. And those two segments are definitely worth checking out holidays for. Um, But there's other good segments. I actually,
1: um, I want to say that like uh, Kevin Smith. I want to say he did the Halloween segment because
0: his daughter's in that segment. Yeah. I think the very last one, Christmas. I think had Seth Green in it. And yep. Halloween, I think was was Kevin was yeah, Kevin Smith. I just remember it was like it was about a guy that finds girls online and brings them. He's almost like the Tiger King, where he has them go live with them and keeps them all like weeded up and loving life and not having to work. <laughs> and I think he like prostitutes them for um like lo- for like candy. Can- yeah, like, <laughs> ca- yeah, like camera girls, like they're. <laughs> like their um like they do video casts like new, new video casts and stuff like that if i remember correctly but um I'm a big Kevin Smith fan but I thought he, i didn't, i wasn't a big fan of his segment I'll be honest but uh yeah I definitely want to check out holidays because there's some good stuff on it it well, it was somewhere streaming for a while I forget where yeah,
1: it. I, um, I want to say it's on Amazon Prime, but yeah. you have to actually, like, rent it. It's not one of their free ones.
0: Yeah. It's, um, if it was, like, six bucks, I'd say rent it up. Well, oh, it's like three ninety nine. Yeah, it's only 4 bucks. Uh, it's worth buying for six, but it's worth the rent, you know?
1: Yeah, well, you can rent. It says rent or buy.
0: I'd rented it. I'm
1: actually, I, I actually have Amazon Prime going in the background. <laughs> oh, there <laughs> so you go. I'm kind of like looking for something to watch later on.
0: Well, my next film is actually on Amazon Prime for free right now. I might just watch it again for the situation of the show tonight. And that movie is a film called <clears throat> Choking on My Coffee. Resurrection. That's no bueno. That is no bueno. bueno. So, Resurrection from 1999, a USA film, um, directed by Russell McCauley. Of you know he did Highlander and he did uh, Resident Evil: Extinction. Yep, that was a good one. Yeah, written by Brad Merman. Um, yeah, uh, two, there's uh, two Chicago homicide detectives, Prudham and Hollingsworth. Are assigned to investigate a murder And both become uh, Entangled in a plot of a serial killer Running around Killing folks and taking body parts To recreate the body of Christ um, Starring Christopher Lambert who, who was also credited for the story Coming up with the story um, That Leland Orger in there And had a nice cameo by David Cronenberg Back when he was doing cameos um,
1: yeah, this
0: is actually a really decent movie. Yeah, it's a nice crime drama. You know, a crime thriller rather. Um, let me see here. We got it's a yeah fun crime thriller in the vein of David Fincher's Seven. It uh, even use an actor Leland Orger, who's like if anybody remembers Seven, the guy with the sword dildo. Um, that's the other cop in it, I believe, and um, you know. It's got some really creepy, creepy religious taboos, which, like I said before, in like "Bless the Child," those religious horror movies with the occult and all that demon, devil stuff. Really, they're a little more scarier to me than maybe the average person because I kind of grew up in a house, a religious household. So Very like, religious, yeah. yeah so so it's, it's yeah, so
1: like something see,
0: that you're not supposed to. Yeah, so it's like taboo in a way. It's so true. when you, yeah, when you see it, you're all like. You're, it, it strikes a nerve deep down from childhood, you know, but, uh, yeah, there's some real bl- blasphemous imagery in there, um, notably, there's a very, there's a depiction of Christ in there that would make for a great Slayer album cover, um, it was very Slayer-like, it's funny, I remember I went to go see Slayer, um, maybe like four years ago now, and it was the, Their backdrop was probably the most offensive thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, I wasn't, you know, like, I I wasn't, I was, like, taken back by it. I wouldn't say I was offended, but I could see, it was one of the, one of the, I could see, like, religious people freaking out heavy over it. And it was like, um. The image of the cross? No, it was a picture of Jesus's face, but it was like sawed off. His head was like sawed off at the mouth. I think it's like one of their album covers, but I remember seeing that and just being like, "Wow!" Like I, it's weird. Like I don't know how negativity doesn't negativity doesn't follow, or like a almost like a bad karma type situation doesn't follow. Like so much, I guess you could even say blasphemy. You know. Um, <laughs> um, It's funny because I know a lot of people Listen to our show is going to be like Shut the fuck up with that That religious shit that, that We get a lot of uh, Dark Dark uh, Satan lovers That listen to the show I heard
1: Hey whatever I, A listener is a listener
0: They like chopped up Satan like croutons On their salad that's what I heard it's okay though, and I know,
1: if, and I know this one's available to watch for free on IMDb TV.
0: Oh, that there too. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, so like people can check it out on there if it sounds like something they want to see. It's worth a watch. So, you know, what else? What better do you, things do you have to do this weekend? We're not going anywhere. We're stuck in the house, like you said. We're all quarantined.
0: It's worth, may as well burn up on the movies. It's worth watching just for like. Uh, there's a shot in the film, because the whole thing is about the serial killer killing people, taking body parts to recreate, um, like a, an, an, ima- an image of Christ on the cross, and um, th- that image alone in the film is worth watching if, you, if you're if you a horror fan. It, yeah, it definitely is, because um, that's one of the most creepiest versions of Christ on the cross, I've...
1: Ever
0: seen in anything? Yeah, it's it's got dark energy to it. It's got some of that uh, Abel Ferreira, bad lieutenant, uh, nun getting raped at the altar type madness to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the, the next and final film that I had on my list was Night of the Lepus, 1972. It's a USA film. Uh, made in the U- good old USA, like, uh, was that Bruce Springsteen? It was directed by William F. Claxton, uh, written by Don Holliday, Gene R. Cal- uh, R. Kearney, uh, based on a book by Russell Braden, um, starring Stuart Whitman and uh, Janet Lee from Psycho, and Jamie Lee Curtis's mother, and also... Yep, a- the OG Scream Queen. OG Scream Queen also had Rory <laughs> Calhoun in there um, yeah Tony Curtis and Jamie Lee came together and they created Jamie Lee Curtis um, so uh, the plot of it's after an Arizona <clears throat> ranch is plagued with mongrel rabbits um, the owner and some local scientists start injecting the rabbits with hormones and uh, genetically altered blood to try and disrupt their mating habits, which goes away, of course, and uh, creates a race of these giant, bloodthirsty, car-sized rabbits that eat everything in their path. Uh, The National Guard is called in to save the day, uh, and, you know, further fun ensues. But this is one of those movies um, I remember from my childhood, uh, as a kid watching on TV, uh just like the movie called Ants and Tarantula you know there was a time when there was movies about animals and insects not quite the atomic age of like the 40s or 50s whenever that was with the giant insects which was probably the the precursor to this but in the 80s and 70s and 80s there was a there were they did this inside the insect you know whether they were going to be they were bigger um bigger than they should be, or if it was just huge amounts of them, like there was kind of, that was kind of a thing for a little bit. Uh, but it was a real fun... Yeah. Yeah, and
1: like the budget for this movie, considering the year it came out, that's a huge budget. Like, it was like $900,000 or something.
0: Yeah, I think it was because of um, models. Because all it really was, was instead of it was was just regular-sized bunnies on on small sets, so, like, you'd have, like, a dollhouse, um, and you'd throw a regular bunny on it, and if you shot it right, it would look like the bunny was the size of a car, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, god, yeah, like, uh, like,
1: with the old Godzilla movies, yeah. where, you know, you have the guy in the suit walking along little sets with, like, Tonka
0: toys and stuff. Yeah, it was very creative, I remember, like, even as a kid, I really liked it, and, like, because it was just... It was creepy. Anything, I think when you're a kid, even maybe now, anything that has an animal in it that is bigger than it should be um, is creepy. Like, you take it, your average house cat. I'm looking at Leo the cat right now. And if Leo the cat was the size of, well, a tiger or bigger, that would be a real problem, you know what I mean? So it's the same deal with the, with the rabbits because you figure if you're looking at a rabbit the same size as you with those gigantic teeth, They'll, eat, they'll bite your head off like a carrot, you know what I mean. You don't want to, you don't want to mess around with uh, any animal that's bigger than you is a problem. I'll just leave it at that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes
1: even it's,
0: if it's smaller than you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the, but Night of the Lepus is one of those movies I try and watch every year around this time. That and Critters Two are probably those the two big Easter themed horror movies that I'll try and dive into. You know. But um, I also had an honorable mention of just a scene. Um, do you remember Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey with the, yeah. the Easter uh, the Easter Bunny scene? Yeah. Now that's not. As, that yeah, that was I remember people. I remember people being like really free. Like I talked to people at school about that, like friends, and they were they were really creeped out by that. But I never really found that segment creepy. I always found the grandmother segment to be way creepier, where Bill, it's, its that which people don't know, fun fact is, it's Bill's little nightmare, but in, in reality, like, Bill actually plays the grandmother, too, um, and she like to give me a kiss, give me a kiss, like, that thing. Um, I remember I, was, I went to the theaters to see that with my dad, And I was, there was, I don't know if I've probably, I don't know if i talked about this on the show, but whenever I was younger and I was watching a movie that was a little too much for me, I had this move where I just like turn my head to the side and like wait for it to be over. And I remember during that moment in in Bill and Ted's bogus journey in the movie theater, I remember having to turn my head to the side because that grandmother scene was like really getting to me in a bad way, which is funny to think about now. New Bill and Ted movies on is is on the make. I think we're getting it later in the year. I think it's been pushed back because of the whole outbreak, but it'll be interesting. Yeah,
1: I, I, I kind of I'm kind of curious to see what they do with this because it's been so many years yeah. since Part Two was made.
0: Yeah, the pictures they've released isn't really getting me excited. I'll be honest, but the idea of a new Bill and Ted's movie Bill and Ted movie gets me excited. You know?
1: Yeah, it's just kind of like the point where, you know, they're both in their 50s now. So, like, how amusing are they really going to be? It's not like they're Cheech and Chong.
0: Yeah. Well, the funny thing about Bill and Ted to go with Cheech and Chong is it was always, it was like a big stoner movie that they never smoke weed in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, you never, you ne- they're you they like a PG or a G-rated Cheech and Chong because they're definitely stoners. There's no doubt. by the way it. they
1: talk. <laughs> yeah, there's
0: the way they talk, look, the dress, act. You know what I mean? <clears throat> they're definitely stoners but ne- you never see them smoking weed. Even Rufus played by George Carlin is like a stoner. You can tell he's like a stoner type. They they're weird. They're like weed movies without weed. I think that's why they're so fun and they're so kiddy because they have they're like got that dumb humor to it in a way. Like I love them but they got like the, that dumb humor to them. Um, and, uh, you know. Adult can pick up on the, adult, the hidden yeah. of
1: things where, yeah. as, like, a younger viewer is just watching it because just absolutely insane and trying to have fun, but they don't realize it's because, you know, they're all, they're high and just, you know, mm. being
0: stupid. Exactly. Like, when I was a kid, I never even, I never, I never took it as, took it as that. And then as you get older, you hit your teenage years and older, you go, this is a stoner movie. They just don't smoke weed in it You know But those were That was my list Of Easter themed Horror films What do you got over there that we didn't bring up
1: Um Pretty much I have the same exact list mm-hmm. uh, The only two different ones I have is I actually Had Passion
0: of the Christ on mine Oh my yeah that's a That is a That's, that's, yeah. that's a hard watch it really is, yeah. That We talked about that in the Cursed episode, too, where they had a bunch of issues with that. But it's funny. I The, the Passion of the Christ, for the longest time, was the only movie that anybody ever stole from me. And it was a Christian gentleman who borrowed it and, and thought it was a gift or something. I don't know. He felt like he didn't have to give it back. And then I just never seen him again. I worked with him. And then, like, I stopped working there, and it was a wrap. That was it. But the Passion of the Christ, I mean, the, yeah, huh? The
1: movie killed it at the box office.
0: Well, that that was an interesting movie where he, like, nobody wanted to give him the money for that movie, and he put up his own money, put up that Braveheart money, have, being a Braveheart himself, um, which means all that money came back to him. Yeah, and he made Yeah, because it the budget
1: for that movie was estimated at, like,
0: what, $30 million or something? Yeah, I think that's one of those movies that went over budget, like... They they had the, the determined budget, but then, like, by the time it finished today, it, it actually went, you know, more. But the thing with that is, like, when they first announced it, there was, like, as with everything, whenever kind of a religious... Well, I can't say with everything, but, but maybe back then it was more so. When the religious movies announced, all the religious people kind of got worried and scared and in an uproar that... You know there was going to be that they oh you're going to taint my story. You know I know like the Last Temptation of Christ, which Scorsese he made and he did kind of tweak the story a little bit. People were like picketing that and having issue with that. Even Kevin Smith when he put out Dogma, you know the religious groups got got big on that. Um, I believe he actually picketed his own movie, which was a great great promotional tool because if you say if you can go out there and have people write in write in the paper that your movie's so bad and that the religious people are picketing it that you're gonna get you're gonna get people to show up for that you know it's kind of like when people when parents tell their kids i don't want you to listen to that damn rock and roll music it pushes them closer to the rock and roll music you know what i mean
1: yeah, because everybody always wants to do what they're told not to do. It's just like it's just instinct. You automatically want to do it.
0: Yeah. But yeah, like the crucifixion scene and the whipping scene and the Passion of the Christ was real tough to watch. Um,
1: I, I am still,
0: I mean, this movie came out in 2004 and I've I'm,
1: I'm still yet to sit and watch the whole entire movie. I can't do it.
0: I even like the depiction of the devil in that movie because when you did when you when you're gonna do the put the devil in a movie, there's like, it can look so cheesy, um, and like played out. You don't want to do the guy with the horns, you know what I mean. You don't want to. There's certain things you don't want to do. But if I remember, I haven't watched that movie since it came out. But if I remember correctly, it was like, like a, like it was a, a like. I almost feel like it was a, a bald lady. I could be wrong. It, it, like, maybe it was a black-haired lady, but she was... I remember she held a weird-looking, deformed baby, if I remember correctly. Um,
1: yeah, it, I, I. and the, the worst part about it is, I like, actually own this movie. It's part of my collection because we had bought it for my mom. Yes. And she was alive because, like, like, my mom was a very religious person. Yeah. So... You know, she really wanted to see it, and you know, obviously Easter. So, you know, we tried to watch it, and like I said, I never made it through it. But I, I, I don't know. I, there's just something about it that I cannot like. I can sit and watch all these other movies, you know, to my heart content, and then like this one that you know, is kind of supposed to have some kind of like
0: truth to it.
1: I can't watch.
0: Well, I think that's the whole thing. Like how I feel about like the the like devilish type. Horror movies, you know, like Exorcist and stuff, where like it it touches me in a different way because I put faith into it and put belief in that 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 stuff's actual realistic. I think it's the same thing with that. It's funny because the like like the Passion of the Christ. Nobody wanted to make it. He made it on his own. And in the beginning, the religious groups kind of went at it, Uh, and then eventually they they gave in and they they joined up with it. Because I remember. Like my my, my mother's church was like they were bringing people. They were bringing people to go see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, by boats, literally. It turned into the thing to do. Um, and whenever you can get, whenever you get the church, because the church is a big money making machine. And whenever you can get the church on your side, my goodness, that's that's printing money um, because they. Uh, they guilt they like guilt people into giving them money. So like, when they say, when well, if they tell you, hey, if you want to go to heaven, you gotta watch, you gotta go see the Passion of the Christ, then you better believe there's some serious ticket sales. The fucking ticket machine's burning on fire. That's how quick the tickets are coming out of that machine. You know what I mean? Yeah, like seriously, they could cash those checks
1: all into the, the bank with the money they made on that movie.
0: It's funny they said there was they were going to do a sequel. You heard? Have you heard about that? No, yeah, I don't think. Like, I don't
1: know. Maybe it's just me, but that's not the kind of movie you make a sequel
0: to. Yeah, it's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to make? To quote Billy Coyne, what if Billy Coyne was on here? He would say, "The Passion of the Christ Two, Electric Boogaloo." I can call it. I, I summoned him. I can feel it. Yeah,
1: seriously.
0: But, yeah, like, where are we? Where, I don't know where you're going to go. I guess you could go into the resurrection part. Because if I remember correctly, it ends with him on the cross. And, like, he, he dies. And then, like, it's like a, a it's a shot of Mary, his mother, like, un, under the cross. And she, like, turns and looks into the screen to look at the audience. And, um... And, like, the, the camera fades back, which was very powerful. It was, like, a powerful image, you know what I mean? But I don't know where they'd pick up. It'd have to be the resurrection. Uh, but there was talks, and I've seen it. I've seen talks in the media of it. So um, I don't think they'll do it. See, what will happen is this. He'll actually get studio backing and a bunch of money to make it, and it will fail. Because the Passion of the Christ was, like, a weird thing uh, that happened at a special time and it was all organic they can't recreate the success of it you know what i mean it's just one yeah, of those
1: exactly. things yeah exactly
0: they could try but they just can't it's it's just not doable like they they everything that they wanted to go for it eventually kicked into gear and started going for it and especially with sequels it's like sequels are made for money they're not made for any any other reason but for money and uh, i think they could almost see through that even though even though the church is you know kind of very about money themselves i think it's i don't think they'll be as quick to hop on the bandwagon as they did with that first one because that first one was really like it was it was like it's the a first special movie
1: yeah, because, it, like it... there's just there's just some movies that you can't do a sequel to and this is one of them because there's like, it's a, it's a real meaning to it. It's not like Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween well, or something. Depends. Where
0: it was a nightmare on Jesus's street. Yeah, for yes. him. For him, he wasn't a big fan. But um, no, I hear you. I'm with you on that. There's been certain Christian movies and whatever that have kind of came out that got the support of the churches and stuff. But I almost feel like I don't think they would get behind. I don't think they'd get be- unless they, you know. Unless Mel Gibson was coming to their church To sign autographs I don't think they would really get behind it And push it Um, You know The church is weird Especially now like The whole thing with the COVID Like more recently the whole thing with the COVID thing Like people are still bringing Still you know When everybody was supposed to stay home And practice social distancing They were doing You know the big churches are bringing people in Which is weird because it's like Nobody should be near each other, but like the, it was a faith. It was almost like a weird, um, like all the older folks that are very faithful people. Like they should, they they shouldn't be around it. You know, that they they, they were the most in the beginning. They were the most, uh, you know, in danger of of, of, of catching, getting it. Of getting it, and you know, churches were keeping their door open. That was. No bueno, because yeah, there are all these faithful people are going to come through. But in the Bible, God says He gives you common sense. You know what I mean? Don't just walk into an oncoming train because you have faith that it's not going to get you. But have like have some like common sense with it. Um, then there was some other. That's things. the problem,
1: though, because we're talking about people in present day, yeah. and common sense is a superpower. So
0: it really is. When really. there was some, yeah. There, there was, a, there was a preacher, I don't know which one it was, but I remember he was doing, he opened up like a GoFundMe page so people can still pay their offering and tithe and stuff. It's just, the church has kind of been corrupted by man. Like, it's, it's dark. The whole thing is dark. It's, it's,
1: it's, yeah, it's just about, it's, it's just something else that it's just about making money. It's not about, um. it's not about, god or jesus or whatever higher power people believe in anymore it's 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 about the almighty dollar
0: almighty dollar bill yeah it's crazy we went on we went off on a or i went off on more of a weird tyrant of religious speak um but you got like i said
1: we're, we're good for doing that because it's good it's, Still going along with what we're doing, but we're just giving like more detail and in- our input into yeah. how we see these things.
0: It's what society needs right now:
1: the truth <laughs> and the truth Eric.
0: So, uh, you got? Do you have any other movies on your list of horror, horror, Easter horror movies?
1: No, that's that's. We pretty much had almost every single movie the mm. same. The only thing I had that was different was the Passion of the Christ. Yeah. And there was like a, there was a short movie that I, I've never seen, mm-hmm. but I kind of want to look it up now. It's called Fist of Jesus.
0: Oh, gee. Yeah. Let's it. Is it's it a horror? or is it like It's only a, a short. Comedy. It's a
1: 15 minute short. Yeah. And, you know, the write-up on IMDb just had me dying and laughing because it was, it says Jesus is always willing to lend a hand to those in need, but there are others that will taste his fist. <laughs> so. You know, the whole thing made me laugh. I don't know why, but it did. And it's out of Spain. More than likely, it's probably not in English. It was released in 2013, and it says, Fear the Fist of the Savior. That's the tagline for the movie.
0: There was a movie from the early 2000s called Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter. Have you ever heard of that?
1: I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Like, this this short actually ended up having a video game released.
0: Oh, really? In 2014, yeah. Hmm, interesting.
1: It's gonna be something, like, you know, we've not seen in this country, because, you know, there's a lot of movies that obviously we don't get to see here, yeah. being the United States that, you know, come from overseas, so... Yeah,
0: especially short films.
1: Yeah, because, like, I've never, ever heard of this in my life, but because, you know, it had to do with Jesus and, you know, Easter, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. I have no clue who anybody in it is. So, it's like, but I want to check it out now just because
0: of the name. Yeah, I remember that Jesus Christ, I own that Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter movie. And
1: uh... And it it says action comedy horror on it. Oh, yeah, that would have...
0: (laughs) That would have to have some comedy in there.
1: It's 15 minutes long. How bad? You know, it can't be that bad.
0: It's got to be on YouTube, I'd think, then maybe. I th- or Vimeo.
1: Something. It, it, it doesn't, you know, usually on IMDb, they will put on there where you can find it. and It doesn't have anything listed for it.
0: Yeah. I remember that Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter movie is like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. But um, there's one funny part where they got Jesus walking down the street and he's wearing a shirt that says, uh, I think it says, fuck you, you fucking fucks. And it was just so, f- it, it was just funny that, it, it was offensive comedy, you know? It was just funny that he was wearing the shirt. That's the only thing that really rings out to me, that like bad makeup. That's the only thing that I really Oh, that's right. You said that came
1: out, that came out in what, 2001
0: probably something like that yeah yeah it's, i
1: just looked
0: it up it's like a kung fu kung fu yeah it was um that's back when i was buying every movie i seen i've slowed down in my older days but like back back in the early 2000s to maybe i'd say from like 1999 maybe 98 till like 2006 uh, maybe 2007, I don't know, maybe even a little, maybe even a little later, but there was, there was a good, there's was like a good 10-year gap that I was buying every movie that was called, that was, Get your that hands was, on. That was a movie, yeah, like, I'm, those are the days, like, when I had no, I didn't have, like, any really financial responsibilities and stuff, so I was working, and, like, every time I went to the, to, went to, you know, FYE, Best Buy, Circuit City at the time, which is long dead. Um, yeah. Walmart. Like, I was literally... I was one of those people... Grabbing whatever was on the shelf. I was literally one of those people that would buy 10, 15 movies at a pop. You know what I mean? Yeah, was, I used to do for, the
1: same thing. Yeah, I used to do the same thing, too. Like, my VHS collection back in the day was so much better than what I have for DVDs and Blu-rays. Like, I mean, I, I, I have a decent collection I don't have like collections like Billy or you or some other people we know but
0: yeah.
1: you know it's nothing to sneeze that
0: it's more of an it was more of an addiction I'm glad I did it because I always have the I love the, the the library of films but I was oh, so much money spent you know what I mean and it'd be like it, yeah. it'd be binging it'd be like you you'd go to like three different stores you know what I mean? In one day, yeah, bang out. You but then, get, you know,
1: but the good thing about it is now is like our our addiction is helping us now being yeah. in quarantine because we're never going to run out of anything to watch.
0: Truth, that is true. You know, like I said, I'm glad I did it, but it it was quite a, it was quite, quite a um. I don't I don't, I don't like using the word addiction. <laughs> But it was, uh, yeah, it was it, it was addicting, you know. It was just one of those things because there's all these movies that I know that I loved. There was all these movies that I, you know, the possibility of loving them, reading about them, hearing about them. It was when it was, you know, you, you, you'd go and like you'd go into a store and there'd be all these movies that you want to see. Like I don't get that anymore because I pretty much have everything from the past that I'd want, and I still pick up you know, the new movies that I want to check out. But, um, like, for the most part, it was, yeah, for the most part, it, I just, it was, like, it was almost like, I, like, buy it before it's gone type deal. Like, it was just, like, I'd go buy director's entire catalogs, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah, like,
1: like I, I I think a lot of that, like, really ended, too, like, when streaming services started becoming popular, like, when Netflix first came out and everybody yeah. was just, you know, doing the mail-in with the movies and whatnot because, you know, you didn't really – you didn't have to leave your house for the store to get them. There was no Redbox yet. You didn't have all these streaming sites. So, you know, being able to get like three or four movies in the mail and, you know, just send them back whenever you're done watching them was kind of a a nice thing. So, even you know, know that's for me when I really stopped buying movies as much.
0: Yeah, even that like part of Netflix – I think is is lost. Like uh, like newer like younger people don't even remember that. They don't. They have no idea that Netflix started as something that would mail you DVDs.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I used to love that because yeah, you know, we would we would literally get like three or four movies, burn them all, so that we had copies of them, yeah. and then once we did all that, send them back and then watch them at our leisure. <laughs>
0: You gotta make sure Rachel's not listening when we drop that comment. Yeah, right.
1: I know pirating <laughs> movies
0: and whatnot. <laughs> the, um, but yeah, the good old days. Like so that, that, I remember, like that was a breakthrough. That that movies were accessible like that. We don't have to buy them; we could just rent them and send them back. And video games, you know. And uh, now it's just all on your TV and your computer and your phone your video game systems, it's, whatever you have, yeah, and like, yeah, the sh- streaming's just—it's it, it, taken over, you know. But yeah, I, there's a lot of people that I think don't, won't won't remember and just never even new period that Netflix started as people you would you would fill out a your queue on Facebook. I mean, not Facebook on Netflix, and. You would pick which movies you want to be sent, and it was you could get sent two or three movies, and then you, they send you the DVDs. You watch them, and then you mail them back.
1: Yep, and 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 like even so, if you got the maximum, I think I want to say was like you could get four at a time.
0: Yeah,
1: and you know as you sent them back, they would send you the next one that you had lined up on your queue, which was fantastic. You know, it like. The way it is now, you know, to so however you stream, you might stream Netflix now. But, you know, you just had to wait a couple days to get the next one instead of, you know, a couple seconds.
0: It seems so medieval when you think about it now. Like, it seems so ancient. You know through, I mean? And that
1: was like, what, 15 years ago? Yeah. Which for some people is ancient times because, you know, a lot of people are way younger than we are. So.
0: That are that listen to from you know what I've
1: heard. So, yeah. yeah, they probably don't remember those good old days of waiting for Netflix movies to come in the mail.
0: Yeah, they don't remember how like that that eventually started to hurt the video rental stores because people could now just do this where they would send them to your house instead of you going out. You know what I mean? They, I know. Start, for one thing, it yeah. came
1: in handy when there was like a big snowstorm or something, oh, yeah, and for you know. Sure.
0: Unless you had to mail it out, in time. Ta- well, actually, if everybody was, um, there was no limit on mailing it out. I mean, if you had it for a couple weeks or whatever, they would uh, charge you for the movie, if I remember correctly. But for the most part, it was at your own leisure that you could just watch the movies and send them back.
1: Yeah, I want to. I want to say if you kept it for more than thirty days, they charged you.
0: Mm. And then the Redbox, Redbox came in, and that was probably even a little. Netflix took a little hit on that. And that, I wonder if that's around the time that Netflix, well, no, the, they started streaming before that. But I even remember streaming was like, even when they started their streaming, the mailing in and mailing out was still kind of a big deal.
1: And, and Redbox even now, even with that, that's kind of a thing of the past too, because yeah. you don't even need to leave your house to go to the Redbox anymore. You can just get anything you want. Either online or you know whatever, however, like again, however you stream what you watch, you can just get like that. So You don't even need to go out to the Redbox anymore.
0: I wonder how Redbox is actually doing now with this whole virus thing. I wonder if they're being killed, if they're taking a big hurt on that too, because all these, you know, the DVDs are touched by people and they're putting in the machines. You'd think that hey. You're going to be stuck at home. Never
1: mind Never mind the DVDs.
0: Just think about all the people that are touching those machines. The screen, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I wonder what... I'm actually very curious. Like, AMC says they're feeling the big pain uh, of the financial thing, which... I don't know. I don't know. It's weird, you know. Uh, they, they, it was talks about them closing down. I hope they don't. Yeah, I saw that. I like AMC. I think it's more of like... A, a scare tactic, you know what I mean? I've seen, you know, in situations like this, I've seen different companies pull this where, you know, they very well could be in, in, in crucial, dire need of money type deal. But I've seen a lot of companies in the past go through something like this and go, ooh, ooh, we're going to have to close our doors because, you know, we're taking this hit. But it's just kind of so, like, the people that really like them and support them will go, oh, shit. When they come back, I gotta go flood. I gotta flood them and give them a bunch of money so like they don't go out of business. You know what I mean? So it's almost. I think yeah, and
1: I like the AMC theaters better than like the Showcase because the AMC theaters they get a lot of those movies that Showcase won't necessarily get. I know when Three from Hell came out, AMC theaters they had like special like three day events for it when that came out, whereas Showcase. Like, maybe one or two picked it up to show it, but every AMC theater was at, was showing it. Unfortunately, yeah. there aren't any in Rhode Island that are, like, there aren't any in Rhode Island that I can think of offhand. All AMC theaters are either in Massachusetts or Connecticut, but yeah. whatever, it's worth the drive if you really want to see something.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can get foreign films, documentaries, you know, indie. Like, our local theater over here start, in the last... Maybe year, they started doing... A couple of years, actually, because I remember I seen Mandy there, which I thought was really weird, that Mandy came to our local little cineplex, and that was, like, unheard of. Because Mandy was... A, well, a lot of horror people love it, but at the end of it, when it broils, boils down, like, Mandy's still kind of a small, independent film. And um, the fact that it came... It came to our local theater for, like, two weeks, maybe three... Um, which right there in itself is a feat because you have Hollywood films that can't stick around for more than a week nowadays. But that goes to the whole thing about... I was telling someone the other day about this. It's like, you know, the, 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 the big studios, they have to pay to put their movie in all these theaters. That's why they go out in a week because, you know, if the movie doesn't look like... If it's not turning enough money and they say, okay, it's been in there one week and it made this much money... Now, if we would it be, is it worth it to put it in for that other week? And then they go, well, let's just say we double the money. We're not really gonna pay make what we want off it, so let's just pull it out of theaters now, save our money on those theaters, and then just get ready to release it streaming, digital, and you know, hard copy, Blu-ray, DVD. Um,
1: well, like that, yeah, like so. Right now, with everything that's going on, how a lot of these movies are coming directly to home viewing formats, you know, um, The Invisible Man, uh, that new movie with Vin Diesel, Bloodshot, um, the new Trolls movie, you know, and then you have movies like The New Fast and the Furious that they, they said it themselves, they're not even going to waste their time going direct to TV with that one because of the fact that they know for a fact that they're not going to get the money they want with that movie releasing it to home viewing. They yeah. need to release that in the theaters for it to get the showing and, and make the money that they wanted to make. So they pushed off, you know, that will be until next summer for release date.
0: Well, yeah, because it's fun. Going to the, going to the movie theater is more, more than just going to see a movie. It's the whole experience of it. Experience.
1: You know I mean? Yep. Like, the, the like with the Fast and the Furious, I'm, just because, you know, Everybody loves to see that movie on the big screen because of the crazy stunts that they do. Right. You know, cars jumping back and forth between, you know, buildings in Dubai or, you know, whatever exotic location they're filming in this time. And, you know, that's all fine and dandy if that's how you have to make your money. But I'd rather, you know, watch the low budget ones that, you know... I can watch from the comfort of my home at the same time, too, and not have to worry
0: about it. Did you check out any of the movies that they put streaming that should have been in theaters like The Invisible Man?
1: I actually... I saw The Invisible Man the weekend it came out.
0: Oh, wow.
1: um, That was actually decent. It was actually a decent flick. Um, yeah. That's probably the only new movie that's out right now that I have seen. Um, I've kind of been slacking. But, you know, seeing I may have been exposed to coronavirus because of my, you know, essential staff position. Mm. Um, I have plenty of time to check out other movies now.
0: What do you look at? Is there anything you're looking forward to checking out?
1: I actually want to check out that movie with Vin Diesel Bloodshot. Mm. Um, I'm not even going to lie. I'm a kid at heart, so I do want to see the troll movie. Yeah. Um, you know, that's good. that movie has special meaning. That's... The first one is me and my nephews' like absolute favorite movie to watch together. So,
0: and you're of age like yeah. myself to remember the craze of trolls when they first popped out. You remember how, when they like, first came
1: out? God, yeah, nowhere? I used to have those things everywhere. Like I couldn't go to the store without buying one, and I had them in all different sizes and yeah. hair colors. And
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a, one of these days. When oh, maybe we should do a trip down memory lane episode where we just talk about all like the the weird toys and things from our youth and the cult- the culture of you know the 80s and 90s
1: oh god I'm totally down with that oh I she's my poor mom and dad I can only imagine and like for some reason my parents loved to save thing so like my dad's got boxes and boxes of crap in storage that you know were mine and my sister's so like Literally, you'll go into storage, you'll get a box out and literally have a trip down memory lane because, you know, mm-hmm. I'll be finding, like, those jelly bracelets or, you know, we used to have these, like, charm necklaces that we would buy and, like, yeah. have, like, 7,000 different charms, like, attached to this thing. And, like, for a while we weren't even allowed to wear them at school because they all jingled. So, like, the teachers were getting annoyed with it. Yeah, it but, was, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> slap bracelets, snap bracelets, rather. I remember those, that, yep. they outlawed those in school for a little bit, too, because kids were, like, slitting their wrists with some, something like that. Yeah, because of the, the metal was cutting through the materials
1: and whatnot, like, I, they were, or they were cutting other students because they were smacking them with
0: it. It's weird how the the, the, the petty things that got kind of outlawed from school back in the day, and nowadays everybody's got cell phones where they're, you know, watching, it, watching YouTube when they should be doing work and shit. I mean, right. Chris. I
1: remember. I want to say either my it was either my junior or senior year in high school. when I bought a beeper, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and we would get in trouble for having those on.
0: And... I know the beeper. Like just thinking, like people wouldn't even kids wouldn't even understand a beeper. It's like they they call they 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 send a they send a a call or a text to. To a little machine that tells you that you need to go call somebody but you can't call yeah. them. you can't call them from our that little, machine our little code <laughs> yeah. I remember
1: I like I actually still have my old beeper and I, had, I gave it to my nephew and like he looked at me and was like TC what is this and I'm like it's something from when auntie was a kid you won't understand it you'll never even know what it is you'll never use it just you know here you can play with it it's
0: a money clip now
1: yeah, seriously, you, just put, you because just clip your money in it.
0: Or a paperweight. Mm. Uh it's a is it a an ear an earring for people that don't have their ears pierced? Do people or people that have gauged ears
1: They can really like put it right through the hole? Put I don't know. No. Yeah.
0: I seen a picture of a, somebody put a uh, padlock through somebody's uh, gauged ear and like locked it on them to be like bad news <laughs> to be mean. Yeah, I that's I, that's good, that's like way too
1: heavy. I and I'm like picturing that just tearing after you know
0: being on for too long. Well, those gauge earrings, those people that gauge out their ears, you know, no beef with them, but I don't I, just, I don't understand that whole fad or craze or. I guess yeah, like you, you do know that culture, that's not but...
1: going to go back to the way it's supposed to be, right? That that, you know, once you take that, decide you don't want to wear that anymore, your ear is staying like Mutil- that.
0: Yeah, mutilated. I've seen situations where, like, that people's ears have fallen apart because there's just so much meat missing from it that, like, what's left over gets infected and it's just, like, the end of the road. That's it.
1: Yeah. And I, I've seen, like, even with the gauging, like, horror stories, like, like people like actually gauging like their face and putting yeah. like the gauge gauges in like their cheeks and stuff so that their teeth show
0: that's one way to know that no one's ever going to want to have a conversation with you ever again
1: seriously you won't have to worry about staying six feet away i'll stay further than that
0: maybe they're onto something serious yeah that there's a lot of weird culture-y things. That's kind of horrific, horror-themed. We can get into that one of these days, too. All the weird piercings and body modification things.
1: Oh, that'd be a show and a half right there. With that, we can delve into Hellraiser
0: with... Yeah, people that hang on hooks. I used to know a couple people that used to hang on hooks.
1: Like in Strangeland?
0: Yeah, it's weird. I guess I can't shouldn't say it's weird. It's what people like, but there's a, it's an interesting it's culture. Yeah. I think they're doing a strange land too. I think Dee Snyder's doing it.
1: I would love to see that. I loved the first one. I've always been a fan of that movie. I've always been a fan of D. Snyder's. Yeah. So, you know, back in the Twisted Sister days. So I would totally be all about seeing a sequel to that movie. That movie was so scary in its own right yeah. when that first came out. Because that's when, like internet dating and, you know, talking to people in chat rooms and everything was just starting to become really popular. And, you know, I was one of those people that, you know, we would have these meetings. We would all meet up every every week down Oakland Beach for clam cakes and chowder and whatnot and just get to actually put faces, names, from people in chat yeah. rooms. So, you know, walking once. You know, those girls went through in that movie from, you know, online dating or meeting people online, you know, everybody a new out, you know,
0: safety and thing. Speaking of D. Snyder, did you end up uh, catching any of the, the Holliston episodes that Adam Green was doing on YouTube? I know you said you never got a chance to watch it, right?
1: Yeah, no, I and I actually totally forgot about it after the fact, and... Yeah. So no, I didn't. But he's been um, Adam Green's been right now. What everything that's been going on? Uh, I think like every week he's streaming something of his.
0: Well, yeah. Last week they Our, did they did the, the whole Holliston show. That's what I was talking about.
1: Yeah, and um, I saw something on Instagram today um, with him and Felissa.
0: Yeah, I think they're doing that, like, sleep scary sleepover show. They're putting that up, too.
1: Yeah, that, he's, they're kind of starting to, he's starting to stream a little bit of everything just yeah. to let, you know, give people a variety of different things to watch.
0: I know it's cheap on Amazon. It's like they're, like, $12, 12 $13 bucks a season on Amazon right now. Not that you want to be ordering from Amazon because so I hear they're infected. But uh, it's cheap. I'm surprised things aren't going dirt cheap because Amazon must be feeling the pain of uh, the info leaking out that they're, they're they're infected over there.
1: They can't be too infected because I've been seeing
0: those Amazon delivery trucks in every neighborhood
1: like no tomorrow
0: That's at true. all times
1: of day and night. So That,
0: that is true, actually. I, I, that is true. I see at least the van in my complex three times a day probably.
1: Like minimum, um, the same,
0: yeah. I was hoping they would, you know, yeah.
1: It's like you know, you're getting a lot of people ordering on Amazon when you literally know the Amazon driver because they it looks like they tend to send the same driver to the same neighborhood daily.
0: Well, they got to because to make up for all the Amazon people that steal people's packages and then spit on them, spit on their doorbells.
1: Right? And now, you know, you got coronavirus because, you know, the Amazon delivery driver spit on the package. That's true. And
0: he found it really dirty. You got to be a special type of person to spit on people's uh, shit, especially with, like, the whole corona thing going down.
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, on the last show we did together, Mm -hmm. it's bringing out the crazy in everybody.
0: Yeah, I've been seeing a, a lot of, you know, on social media and stuff, articles about people spitting in people's faces because they're man- angry at the grocery store or, you know, weird. Or just out.
1: spitting on everything in general.
0: Like Those um, people, you know. I'd do it. If somebody spit in my face in general, I'd knock them out, like... If somebody's... On a good day. Report, like on
1: a right good now, day. Like, right now, I'd probably catch a case for murder. Oh, yeah, for
0: sure. Like, I'd beat the... I wouldn't... I'd, I'd, I'd kick their head around like a fucking tetherball. It'd be...
1: Yeah, you it like, a baseball and, you know, practice my swing.
0: I think these people that are doing this shit should be... They should start bopping them for, like, attempted murder charges. And see how long... See how quickly everything stops. Like if you spit in somebody's face during COVID, the COVID outbreak, you are if you had the sickness, you could you'd be giving them the sickness, which could kill them. So, I think that that right there should be. I think regular spitting in someone's face is like assault. But um, I do, uh, I would even, I'd, I'd hit some people up with some like attempted murder charges, and people ain't gonna be fucking spitting in nobody's face anymore if they think that they're gonna be taking a trip for fucking. 15, 15, 10 years, whatever attempted murder is. Uh, yeah, don't, no kidding. Sitting don't in prison it,
1: and, you know, worry about the outbreak in there more so than, you know, being on the outside.
0: Catch the catch the the sickness on the inside with, the, with Javi Weinstein. Yeah,
1: I, I wonder if so much if he really has it or if that was just a ploy to get him, oh, get away from, you know, the general masses.
0: I think it's probably... I don't know, actually. It could be either or.
1: <laughs> you really haven't heard anything else about it mm. since they said it. So, kind of makes you wonder.
0: I feel like he probably wouldn't be in Gen Pop to begin with just because he is a rich celebrity. And people would... Because if you're a celebrity, they keep you away from other criminals because then... Somebody might want a notch on their belt by killing you, you know what I mean? Just so they can say, hey, I killed that famous person, or who killed that... Oh, like, Jeffrey
1: Epstein? Yeah, who killed that
0: famous person? And then they'll go, oh, Joe Blow. And now Joe Blow's kind of a celebrity in his own mind, you know?
1: Nope.
0: Jeffrey Epstein's still alive. He's kicking. Him and Bill Gates made COVID-19 together.
1: I wouldn't doubt it.
0: (laughs) They're pals on their secret island. The, um... (laughs) <laughs>
1: Notorious B.I.G.
0: and Tupac. Yeah, somebody told me COVID-19 was created just... I don't believe it, but just so people would forget about Jeffrey Epstein, which I think they forgot about him anyways. I think after... When Kobe died, everybody forgot about Epstein. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, it doesn't
1: take much to forget something.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially at our age. Damn. Yeah, seriously,
1: you know... Um... I'm on that fence time. where I'm slowly <laughs> pushing closer and
0: closer to fifty. So, yeah. 50's a good age, though. Yeah, it's the new.
1: It's the new thirty.
0: That's what they say. Thursdays are the new Fridays, and fifties the new thirty. Yep. I like to hear it. So, um, we're rounding off the episode at a big hour and 26 minutes. Is there anything else you want to kind of bring up or discuss before we, uh, depart for the evening of the show?
1: No, not today. I mean, I think we kind of went off the beat and mm. enough for this episode.
0: It's true. Oh, one thing I, I still got to check out there's two Joe Begos movies I want to see. He did a movie called Bliss, which is supposed to be a vampire movie. Um, and he did a movie called VFW, which you probably heard more about VFW. Yeah. I've seen I have. a lot of that floating around, but yeah, I want to check them out. They could be on Amazon prime. Maybe, uh, I know that I know to buy they are, but I might rent, maybe I'll rent them. I'm a little iffy on ordering shit from Amazon right now, just because of the, there's a whole like protocol now where they say, if you, if you order from Amazon prime, that you need to like leave the box outside your house for a day and then like then bring it in. Oh that no, then open the box up outside. Leave the cardboard yeah. outside. And then disinfect. Yeah, because you the virus
1: are. the virus supposedly can live on the object for like hours after being touched or whatever. So Yeah. Yeah, I could be doing that. Um Amazon makes a lot of deliveries to this house between, you know, both me and my friend up so, and that's what she's been, she's been doing that because she gets stuff more more often than I do and mm. that's what she's been doing is opening everything outside, letting it air out for a day and then bringing it in once, you know, it sat out there long enough.
0: So if Amazon's listening, drop your prices and I'll buy, I'll, I'll pick up some movies, I'll pick up like a, I'll drop Hey, I'll drop some money on some moves, some Blu-rays if you uh lower the price to something fair. Everything's like 20 bucks. I don't like that. I could get away with 15. I'd rather it be 10. But uh even Blu-ray cuz Blu-ray's dead. Blu-ray's like dying out. 4K is the new big deal. Yep.
1: You
0: know. There's always
1: something newer,
0: so That's true. They're already working on the new thing I heard.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't hope that.
0: It's gonna be a Everything
1: map. becomes obsolete at some point, you know, like eventually someday we'll be obsolete. So
0: That's true. She Well I think that is a, a good ending point. And um, we'll we'll wrap up this episode and You know, hope everybody out there has a great Easter. You know, make the best of it with what what you can. I know you can't really get out there and spend time with your loved ones and stuff, but drop them a... Unless they're all
1: quarantined
0: together. Unless they're all quarantined together, yeah. Drop them a FaceTime or a Zoom or, you know, Google Hangout or Facebook Live (laughs) or Instagram. You know, just kind of uh, make use of the technology that we have, you know... You know, make good make good on that technology, and uh, you know, try and enjoy it the best you can. And uh, make sure you listen. We'll catch to, you
1: on our next episode. Yeah,
0: make sure you listen to plenty of shock treatment. I heard that there's a lot of the cure is in shock treatment episodes. Um, and yeah, I think we should call our fans the patients. Our, I'm paci- down with our that. patients Our patience. It makes sense if it's shock treatment. Shock treatment patients. I like it. Well, all right, everybody out there, have a good, have a happy Easter, and uh, we'll catch y'all in the next episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and Marty.